you know, while I was at Toronto Hydro, half of the direct reports to the CEO were women. And now I joined the OPG team um, and half of the executive leadership team are women. And so when I come into that room, when I first started to today, how much has happened? And so it's wonderful to see, you know, examples of, of, for example, OPG's board of directors now are 50% women. And last year they were recognized by governance professionals of Canada. They were showcased for their board of diversity and inclusion. And so we've come a long way, but I think as a sector, we still have a long way. Welcome to the Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of Electricity Canada. This is episode 055, number 55 of the Flux Capacitor. Once again this year for International Women's Day, my podcast is being taken over. Vanna Willerton from the team here at Electricity Canada is in the driver's seat, and this episode features a conversation Vanna had with the new Chief Financial Officer at Ontario Power Generation, Ida Chipola. Once again, this podcast was not recorded face-to-face, but using Zoom. Ida joined Vanna for a conversation about her journey to OPG's CFO, the steady increase in the number of women in senior management and around board tables, and the leadership by some in the sector to move towards greater equity, diversity, and inclusion in the workplace, especially at the most senior levels. Vanna and Ida touch on a range of other topics, from the importance of mentoring to overcoming doubt. And, as is now customary, Ida shares a very timely recommendation for an addition to the Flux Capacitor Book Club. Here is Vanna and Ida's conversation recorded for International Women's Day, March 8th, 2022. Hello, everyone. My name is Vanna Willerton, and I'm the Legal and Finance Program Coordinator at Electricity Canada. Today, I'm honored to be your Flux Capacitor host for this International Women's Day Takeover. Chatting with me today is Ida Chipola, the Chief Financial Officer at Ontario Power Generation and the Chair of our CFO Committee. Welcome to the podcast, Ida. Thank you so much, Vanna, and uh, thank you to you and to the Electricity Canada for having me be part of your International Women's Day takeover. Great. Well, thanks. First of all, congratulations on your new position. Uh, Why don't you tell us a bit about your journey and, and how you ended up here? I know one of the things I love about this podcast is Francis always asks his guests to go uh, all the way back to the playground. So how did you get started on this path and how did it take you to where you are today? Well, thank you, Vanna. And uh, today, actually, um, on International Women's Day would be my second day in my new role as a chief financial officer at Ontario Power Generation, or OPG. So I'm excited to be part of the team here and uh, begin this chapter. But uh, as we go back to the playground, as uh, you noted, my career started probably, um, you know, just almost 20 years ago. And uh, if I think back to the early early days, I, I knew early on I wanted to be an accountant which for many people would be probably pretty surprising that that was a passion <laughs> early on. You wanted to be accounting, but uh, came from a long history of accountants in my family and uh, wanted to pursue that. I knew I wanted to get my chartered accountant designation, um, which later then became a uh, 
the Chartered Professional Accountants designation. And so I pursued university to be able to go to a school that could provide me the courses that I needed. Um, and through the course of university, uh, sought out an opportunity to work at one of the top four public accounting firms. And uh, I selected KPMG at the time and, and started uh, actually with them through uh, being a summer intern uh, for uh, between my third and fourth year university and, uh, and then signed full time with them in their downtown practice uh, in Toronto. And so my journey then from an accounting point of view is as I worked to get my article in time and, and do my appropriate exams, worked at KPMG LLP in Toronto and, and so worked with leading audits and advisory engagements in sort of the manufacturing, retail and financial service industries. And I did that, you know, in and around four years and then sort of started thinking about, you know, you know, looking for an opportunity within the organization and uh, solicited out an opportunity to work in KPMG in Dublin, Ireland. And mm -hmm. I thought it would be a terrific um, opportunity to get some international experience. And so uh, in, 20, in 2006, uh, I actually went uh, for just shy of a year and uh, did an internship uh, out there. And uh, it was probably one of those career turning moments for me. It was one where from a professional point of view, I was going not knowing anybody um, outside mm. of um, the company, but uh, not knowing anyone there. Um, and then on a personal front, personal front, a personal front as well, I um, wanted to, uh, I grew quite a bit uh, as an individual. And so it was there that I um, developed some experience um, on international financial reporting standards and getting some breadth of experience. And as I came back to Canada, um, after that experience, um, I was actually headhunted out in um, 2008 um, with an opportunity at Toronto Hydro. And that opportunity was to actually lead the implementation of the international financial reporting standards uh, for Toronto Hydro. So that was a transformational change, people, process, and system changes to be able to do it for uh, the utility. And I just couldn't turn down that experience about coming to a company and, and bringing some of that international experience and knowledge that I had um, and learning and growing myself um, about a whole new sector that I hadn't uh, had any experience in. And so that's when I started my journey in uh, 2008. And uh, through that terrific experience, I was able to gather um, more experience through various senior leadership roles within finance and, uh, and and probably one of you know my most exciting roles was being the controller at Toronto Hydro mm -hmm. which was really a significant role in the fact that you know we were asked to sort of transform the business planning process which is a process for the entire organization and really work on the team and, and people leadership uh, of the finance division and I really enjoyed that uh, opportunity and, and from that point really started to see the future uh, of my potential and really started thinking strategically about my career and becoming CFO. And, uh, you know, Toronto Hydro would have, you know, would have loved to have had that opportunity, but thought, you know, let me start to develop myself, did some uh, training, CFO training, started looking at where my gaps were um, as I was thinking about becoming CFO and really started to work with the leadership team at Toronto Hydro to help, um, you know, fill in some of those gaps and, uh, you know, come 20, 18 um, and I got uh, I got the call uh, to be our CFO at, at Toronto Hydro at the time and so uh, a really exciting opportunity to uh, lead um, with a wonderful team of financial professionals and a, and a terrific peer group and leadership team so really focused on strategic 
um, business planning, treasury, investor management, tax, internal audit compliance, and, and all the financial reporting and external and, and regulatory accounting reporting and uh, a capital that comes along with that. And so really enjoy that experience. And, and through that journey, I actually, um, over the last decade, was able to get actively involved in um, uh, the what is now the Electricity Canada, but uh, previously the Canadian Electrical Association. And so I served as chair of the Accounting Financing Committee um, and currently, as you noted, uh, one of the first female chairs of the CFO committee. And so um, being part of the industry and, and giving back um, has been really important uh, to me. And in addition to working on emerging issues and, and matters for, for, that, for the industry as a whole. Um, and then, you know, just part of that career journey, really enjoy the opportunity of, you know, giving back and doing mentorship programs, you know, part of various sort of formal programs, such as, you know, the Women's Exchange Network and Women in Energy Canada. Um, and so really trying to, uh, you know, give a lot back a lot of those opportunities and experience um, that I that I've gathered um, over my time. And I do it, you know, not just with formal programs, but uh, also informally. And so I've been blessed, you know, to this point of my career and, and now, you know, sitting on that next chapter uh, with OPG. And, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, working with that uh, incredible group of people. And as I continue sort of my uh, learning and growth uh, in an industry that I love. Great. Also, you've been in the electricity industry for over a decade. I mean, how have you seen it change in that time? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's exactly it. it. I've been over it now 13 years. It feels like yesterday I, I joined. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's changed considerably. Um, and, you know, the sector is probably in front of its most exciting time right now as a transformation. But, you know, I remember my first uh, senior leadership meeting um, in Toronto Hydro when I joined in 2008. And I remember walking into a room and I remember just sort of being stopped in my tracks as I looked around. And we were in this large room and there's probably about 65 people in the room. And I mm. looked around. It was my first sort of full, you know, leadership team meeting and, you know, just meeting people for the first time. And I sat down as I, well, as I stood there and then I sat down, I took a moment to count how many women were in the room and there was seven. And so mm. just over 10% of the room were, you know, leaders um, at Toronto Hydro that were women. And I remember it so vividly because it sort of really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it wasn't this it wasn't anything to do with Toronto Hydro or that it was Toronto Hydro, because as I started embracing the industry and, and participating in, you know, um, the Canadian Electrical Association meetings and, and sectors and going to various events, that was what it was. Um, and so what we've really seen over the course of, you know, the last, you know, 13 years that I've participated in is, is, a, is a really big uh, change towards um, inclusion of women. You see women now everywhere mm -hmm. and uh, you see them in various roles, CE, CEO roles of organizations within the industry. Um, and it's really refreshing to see that change. And, and, and obviously, you know, one where, you know, we still have a lot of work to do is on those frontline, you know, opportunities at our core trades um, and those engineering roles, you know, there's still a lot of growth, but we're, we're starting to see that. And so, you know, while I was at Toronto Hydro, half of the direct reports to the CEO were women. 
And now I join the OPG team um, and half of the executive leadership team are women. Uh And so when I come into that room, when I first started to today, how much has happened? Um, And so it's wonderful to see, you know, examples of, of, for example, OPG's board of directors now are 50% women. And last year they were recognized by governance professionals of Canada. Um, They were showcased for their board of diversity and inclusion. And so we've come a long way, but I think as a sector, we still have a long way. Um, And it's not just the sector, it's industry, you know, industry as a whole. And so, you know, I think it's about us all collectively working together on diversity, uh, equity and inclusion as a whole. And and that includes women, of course, um, within sort of the industry and and within each of our own organizations. Yeah, well, so from what I've understood, you know, the pace of change is a bit different at the executive level, but I guess at OPG, uh, maybe that's a bit of an exception. And what's it been like to have the chance to work with other women at this level? I've been really curious to ask you either as peers or maybe even with you as a mentor, what impact does it have on on you or or maybe your work to, to work with other women? Yeah, you know, it, uh, as I was noting earlier, you know, we see now women CEOs and, and we see women, you know, in the examples I gave you, you know, up to occupying half of the executive boardroom table. And, and so, you know, that is a blessing in many organizations. It's not, though, across the board. Electricity Canada had some statistics about women in the electricity sector. Um, and, uh, and, and what you see there is from an executive level back in 2013, about 20% of the seats at the executive table were held by women. And so now we've seen a growth of 11%. And so up to 31% of those positions held in, in 2020. So we're seeing some great growth um, in, in that space. And uh, and also sort of when you look at the, the wider lens of that, um, you know, Oliver Wyman um, in their 2021 report on women in leadership noted that only one in four executive uh, leaders are female. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you look at those stats and you think about sort of that transformational change that's happened, there has been an increase um, of those roles. And so, you know, part of that, I think, uh, you know, has really been led by um, some great, you know, leaders such as, you know, the CEO at Toronto Hydro, Anthony Haynes, and, and now, you know, my experiences with Ken Hartwick at OPG, you know, you really need those influential male leaders um, through their actions and those of their company's actions to really, you know, take a lead and, and, and to change that forward and, and for us to collectively do that. And so as you asked me that question about, you know, women at the executive level and, and you know, how how do they operate together? How do we we work together? I think what you've seen as that growth has happened, um, women are working there. They, they're working together to make a change. And I, and I think it's One of those big things, um, you know, along the journey is that women bring a diversity of opinion and perspective. And so we can complement those of, you know, our male colleagues and and counterparts. And so it's supporting one another. I think uh, that's that's really important. And so, you know, as we talked about those previous statistics, you know, women used to have one or two seats at the table. They, you know, needed and and we all have right needed to feel that we have to prove to others and to ourselves that, you know, we deserve those seats. And I think as as time has passed, you know, that realization and and that evidence has proven that 
you do deserve that seat and, and women can be successful in those positions and perform at the highest level. And so I think as more and more women come into those executive ranks, um, you're seeing that supportive net nature of it, right? Let's help each other out. Let's work together uh, to get there um, and, and to be part of, of that team, just like, you know, our colleagues have supported us uh, through that transition. And, you know, speaking from personal experience, one of the things um, that women tend to do is we tend to doubt ourselves. We tend to doubt our ability to succeed. And, you know, I, you know, just being a woman, I can speak to those experiences. And, and, and as, as you mentioned, you know, I've mentored, but, you know, talking to friends and family members, it's just something that's innate in us where there's an element of doubt. Um, you look at the stats about women who will apply for a job that, are, that they're not, you know, completely qualified and fewer mm -hmm. women will do that than men. And so it's, it's about our ability as women to sort of overcome that doubt. Um, you know, you have to become your biggest spokeswoman, your biggest cheerleader. You need to believe in yourself and your capabilities. And, and you know, you're going to face challenges and failures. And so take those as opportunities to grow and develop to be the best you. And, and so that's feedback for anyone. But I think at times, especially for women, need to have that self-confidence to believe and, and, and push themselves forward um, when sometimes there's some incremental doubt that, that we've built inside. And so, you know, I, I think it's, it's you're going to see more and more of uh, women uh, being in these roles and supporting. And I think, you know, we're moving in a, in a great direction forward. Great. Well, thanks for sharing your experience. So, um, yeah, shifting gears a bit, I, you know, I've had the chance to work with you and Electricity Canada's CFO committee. And, and one of the interesting things I've noticed is that the CFOs always have to have one eye or maybe both on the future, right? Short, long-term. And so I think, you know, I'm curious to hear your perspective. What do you look forward to the most in the electricity industry? Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Uh, CFOs, like all other executives, you know, we're constantly keeping both eyes, I think, these days um, on both those short term and, and long term, um, you know, challenges, but but greatly now opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, as a sector as a whole, you know, we the best of our industry is to come. As we think about climate change, as we think about our goals um, as a nation, as as various sectors about trying to get to net zero and, and making a difference in those commitments uh, that each of us are, are making, it is such a terrific opportunity uh, for this sector. And, you know, and that's what energizes me is to be part of that, to be part of transformational change, part of leading um, an industry and, and, and being a, a participant in that, um, into that future of electrification a future of green and renewable um, and doing that more strategically with innovation, um, you know, partnerships and ideas of change, um, all while we're also doing that um, in that consideration of increasing equity, diversity and inclusion. And so, you know, we've talked about how far we've made it from women, but there's so much more work that we need to do on ED&I. Um, and we need to do that together, right? We need to accelerate um, equity, 
celebrate diversity and foster a culture of inclusion. Um, and so all of us need to do that and, and play our parts, um, both in that work environment and outside, but for this sector that's about to go through such a transformational change to also see our ability to influence diversity, equity, inclusion uh, really excites me. So uh, on the Flex Capacitor podcast, I don't know if you're a, a fan of the show, but one thing we like to ask everyone is sort of about the last book that they read and if they would recommend it to our listeners. So do you have a, a book to recommend for us? Absolutely, and uh, I thought about this and uh, my recommendation would actually be really closely tied to uh, today's topic on International Women's Day. And um, it's a book called The Collective Wisdom of High Performing Women. And it was uh, edited by Colleen Moorhead. And uh, the book itself is a Canadian book um, and it examines 10 key characteristics of winning leaders. And what it does is it looks at a lens through 70 Canadian women and they share their stories and their experiences about leadership. And so it, it's, it's a great book for women who are looking uh, to get advice on how they can move up through their organizations, how they can really grow as leaders while remaining true to themselves and for many of us, um, true to our families and, and those commitments that we have. So just a, a great little uh, nugget of a book and uh, I had an opportunity actually to meet Colleen Moorhead and uh, you know, oh, wow. really, yeah, really great uh, leader and in, uh, in putting together these perspectives of some phenomenal Canadian women leaders. Wow, that's great. So that was the Collective Wisdom of High-Performing Women. Okay, The Collective Wisdom of High-Performing Women, edited by Colleen Moorhead. That's awesome. correct. Well, we'll have to add that to the, uh, the book club list. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Really appreciate you taking the time, Ida. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me be part of Electricity Canada's International Women's Day Takeover. I wish everyone a happy International Women's Day. Let's celebrate and support women not only today, but every day. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The Flux Capacitor. The website of this podcast can be found at thefluxcapacitor.ca. And while you're there, check out the book club page which provides info and links to the books which have been recommended by guests on the Flux Capacitor. Please tune in for future episodes of the podcast, which will include a conversation with the new CEO of Alexicon, Indy Butani D'Souza. And let's continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca.